Chapter 2 The Creator God Became My Father Why the inner void, emptiness, the inner uneasiness? One word, sin, and the consequences of sin. Now, I didn't really know what sin was when I was growing up. Only when I accepted Jesus and His Word as my ultimate authority did I understand this void and the sin that caused it. What is sin? Sin is lawlessness. Lawlessness is rebellion against God and His will, just like Satan. I was doing this unknowingly. I later found out in the Scripture that whether I knew it or not, it made no difference to the fact that I was guilty. Whether I knew about the consequences or not, I reaped the consequences. Ignorance isn't bliss. If a baby crawls off the table, whether he knows about gravity or not, he will fall and receive the consequences. How many times must the baby crawl off the table to recognize it? This accounted for the inner emptiness I sensed every time I sinned. No matter how many times people around me said, it was all right, everyone's doing it, and you're not hurting anyone. My mind convinced me that it was good, but inside I had turmoil. When I tried to listen to the inner voice and not sin, I sinned even more. It was hopeless. I was a hopeless sinner, but I didn't know it, nor could I help it. My life was like driving a car on a road filled with potholes that people said weren't there. As I missed one, I hit another. So I just got used to it and started to enjoy the bumps in the road. But the void was still there, and I couldn't escape it. I just became numb to it. It will be worse for a sinner to be in the presence of God than in hell, because God is holy and sin separates, tears us away from Him. Therefore, unless sins in the heart of people are dealt with, those people go to Hades, or death, away from God. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So no matter how many righteous works we do, our works are but filthy rags before Him. It's like having a big bucket of pure water. And every day, I add pure water to it, righteous works, hoping to have the perfect bucket of water at the end of my life. But one day, I drop a grain of poison, sin, in it by accident. The bucket of water is no longer pure. Even if I add more pure water to it, it's still contaminated. The only solution is to empty the bucket and start again. But what are the chances I will drop something else in and contaminate it? Infinitely high. I am the bucket. My righteous works are the water. And the poison is my rebellion against God. Sin. My righteous works will never be able to get me into heaven because they are contaminated. Jesus declared, For if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. Now I realized my deprived state, but also I didn't need to be perfect to come to Him. Therefore, I admitted that I was a sinner. It wasn't hard when I realized my efforts were futile. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent. Therefore, repent and turn back, for your sins are to be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing would come away with the face of the Lord. There are three types of repentance that are engaged at different times. The first type of repentance is engaged when I forsake my worldly or traditional thinking and soften my heart to God's Word. The second type of repentance is engaged just before I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and ask Him to forgive me for my rebellion and not believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. The last type of repentance is engaged any time I sin during my Christian journey. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Repenting is asking God to forgive us with an honest heart and then seeking to do what is right according to his word. It's not just saying sorry, but actually being truly remorseful, wanting to make it right. Also, I continually need to remind myself that God will only forgive me if I forgive those who hurt me. Sometimes this is tough, but I have to obey because he said so, period. Accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord. After coming back from signing the employment contract, I went down on my knees and kept the promise I made to Jesus Christ weeks earlier. I repented for my sin and accepted him as my Lord and Savior with the words of my mouth. I found an old Gideon New Testament to read more about this Jesus who was now my Lord. All I knew about Jesus was what I was taught or watched on TV. Born in Bethlehem, died on a cross for sins, was resurrected and went to heaven the third day. And he was called the Son of God. That was pretty much all I knew. Now I had discovered that Jesus was actually alive, cared about me and wanted me to follow him. I wanted to know more about him, what he likes and dislikes, what he wants and doesn't, what he wants from me and why he wants me to know him. The New Testament suddenly became alive. I couldn't put it down. It was a major contrast to my earlier years when I had attempted to read the Bible, stopped after the first few chapters being bored to tears. Now it was alive. Jesus' words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what is my primary task? Some Pharisees asked Jesus, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he sent. It is that simple. And this life I now live, I promise to live in him by doing what he said. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. He who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. So what did it mean for me? Well, I stopped focusing on life preservation as if I would live forever in this physical body. I stopped spending all my time focusing on how to get more money, more influence, more education, and started actually living through him. Not time focus, but him focus. His desires became my desires. His words became my words. And when I mess up, which happens, I try to remind myself to stop beating myself. Repent. Take it as an opportunity to learn through and move on. He paid the price for me. Thank you, Jesus. Received Holy Spirit inside and upon me. On 31 January 1995, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord, Holy Spirit entered me. 
I didn't feel anything, except that inside I knew that something was different. The void that I had my whole life was no more, and an inner peace existed. It was Holy Spirit. At the same time, He imparted the blueprint of Christ in me, so that I be conformed to the image of His Son. I found myself calling, actually crying out to God as my Heavenly Father. Then as days and weeks went by, He taught me about one topic in the Bible. It was as if I couldn't read anything else and had to go back and reread. The topic was Jesus Christ, what he did, what he said, and what authority he left for me so that I can walk as he walked, do what he did, say what he said, and have the power he walked in. Like Paul said, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. And no one, speaking by the Spirit of God, calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. A couple of months after accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord, I was in awe at another miracle I had just asked for. Something extraordinary. I raced back to my room in Germany and said, Jesus. When I said Jesus, I fell on my knees and it felt like fire was all over me. Inside and out, I shook uncontrollably and remember looking at my hands moving back and forth thinking, what is happening to me? This is not real. This is not happening. You need to understand, I'm a scientist, logical thinker, and this wasn't logical for me. All of a sudden, I sensed someone in the room, about two meters on my left, but I didn't look because I was too scared to. At the same time, I felt this indescribable love that brought me to tears. I wanted to thank him, but as I started speaking, my words didn't come out right. It was more like stuttering gibberish, so I kept quiet. Later, I discovered that this is what the Bible calls tongues. I closed my eyes, not wanting to see who was there, and then everything went back to normal. As I lay on my bed, pondering what had just happened, I picked up my Gideon New Testament and started reading the Gospels again. It was as if liquid gold jumped out of the pages into my eyes and filled my body. Like the early disciples, I had received Holy Spirit inside me when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord, and now He was upon me. Jesus said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. There were times when people received Holy Spirit inside and upon them at the same time. For example, Cornelius and his household. Also, there were times when people received Holy Spirit inside them, but only later Holy Spirit came upon them. Holy Spirit came upon them as a result of thanking God for Jesus, or when someone who was completed in Holy Spirit laid hands on them to receive Holy Spirit. The disciples received Holy Spirit inside them before Pentecost, but later when Pentecost came, they received Holy Spirit upon them, completing them. And those at Pentecost who hadn't received Holy Spirit inside them received Holy Spirit both inside them and upon them. That's why the Greek word pletho in Acts literally means completed, fulfilled, not filled. This completion inside and out is known as the baptism of Holy Spirit. Another example is in Acts 8:12 through 17 When they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, baptized in water. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Holy Spirit was already inside them, because no one can call Jesus Christ Lord except by Holy Spirit, but he was not upon them. 
They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. A few months later, devastation happened. My stepdad died at the age of 47. We lost our house, dogs, and were basically on the street. Obviously, questions arose like, Lord, why did you take him? What is my mother going to do? What are my brothers and I going to do? I discovered years later that it was Satan who killed him and not God. My stepdad wasn't guiltless. He had smoked a lot in his life and carried a lot of stress upon himself. But why didn't God help him? I'm sure he did. I don't know those details. I don't know if he was warned time and time again. I don't know if he prayed for healing or just to accept sickness. I don't know if he wanted to leave the earth. All I know is that based on the scripture, God doesn't want Christians in heaven now, but wants them on earth to do his will. There is nothing for them to do in heaven. Jesus praying to the Father said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. God wouldn't go against his son's word by taking them out prematurely. He has established the natural time period for human life, 120 years and 70 to 80 years for Israelites under Moses, who wandered 40 years in the wilderness. So why settle for anything less? After a week of mourning, I was surprised I had peace that surpassed all understanding. I couldn't explain why I had this peace. This situation should have caused fear and panic in my very bones. Even though I didn't know what would happen to my family or how we would survive, I had this peace. It was as if Holy Spirit was literally carrying me from within, and I was like an observer. My life as I knew it was broken apart and in many pieces, and it would take me forever to think where each piece would go, what to do next, and if I made the wrong move, it would have been more devastating. But somehow, I picked up the right piece at the right time, without logical thought, but more of knowing it is right. It was Holy Spirit who helped me. Baptized in Water Now one year, after accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord, I became increasingly pressed from within by Holy Spirit and the Scripture to be water baptized. Initially, I was hesitant because I believed that I had already been baptized as a baby. But the more I tried to disprove it from Scripture, the more convinced I became that I needed to be. I could have taken the cowardly route and defaulted to, My priest says I don't have to, therefore I won't. Then the Word of God would be like a buffet, picking and choosing what I want. It was salvation that inspired water baptism, and not baptism that inspired salvation. And just like the early church, the apostles, and especially like my Lord Jesus, I needed to make the choice to be baptized something that every new priest needed to do. Every believer is a priest. An infant is not a priest. Seeing that I had already repented, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord, the only logical step was to be water baptized. It signified the burial of my old ways, and the raising up out of the water was Christ's life living through me. A physical action done to let the physical and spiritual world know that I'm not ashamed of the good news that Christ reconciled me back to God and He has ordained me as a priest. Therefore, I encourage you all to repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The Good News of God and His Promises 
I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, to show us clearly who He is, so that we can take confidence in the fact that He is the only way to the Father. His blood and body paid the price for me. I am reconciled to God because the blood of Jesus Christ has washed away my sins, and the body of Jesus Christ is what gives me life, sustains me before Him. And for this reason, Holy Spirit entered me and remains in me forever, helping and empowering me to live in Christ's authority. Is there any better news than this? Purely to elaborate on the impact of this, I automatically please God and my sins are washed away. I am considered by God as righteous. He calls me His child, and Holy Spirit, who now dwells within me, reminds me of this, where I call upon God as my Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit helps me love, teaches, and comforts me in all that Jesus has given me. He has enabled me to ask my Heavenly Father anything, and He answers me. Maybe not the way I want, but He answers. Therefore, I am no longer a victim of situations, but am more than a conqueror, including over sickness. I live with this deep inner peace that surpasses all understanding, so that I can be an effective ambassador for the kingdom of God, which I belong to. And when I die one day, or go in the rapture, I will instantly go to heaven, because of Christ in me. For indeed, all the promises of God in Him, yes, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God through us. Now to Him, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Now to Him, who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy.